Welcome to the Career Mentor Podcast, a program of hunger for success, a nonprofit organization devoted to helping people find and keep family wage jobs. Your host, Brad Lebowski, President and Chair of Hunger for Success. Welcome back to the Career Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Lebowski, President and Chair of Hunger for Success. And today we have the honor of having Gene Rice with us. Uh, his business career includes working for a Fortune 100 firm, where he was promoted five times in seven years to co-founding Rice Cohen International, a successful executive search firm. He's placed over 100 C-level executives while mentoring many young professionals. In 2008, Gene and his wife started a nonprofit charity, the Plan to Seed Inspire a Dream Foundation, which has enabled over 800 children from low-income households to pursue their passions. His greatest successes are his 38-year marriage, his grandchildren, and his children. Gene is here to talk about the book he co-authored with his daughter, Grad to Grown Up. Gene, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. And Brad, that was a great introduction, but, but I will just comment on one thing. I've placed over a thousand C-level executives. So uh, it's, uh, I've been, I was there for 30 years. So, uh, and had the, the pleasure of working with a lot of great people and a lot of great companies. And thank Fantastic. you for having me on. Fantastic, really appreciate it. And we look forward to having a conversation about behavioral-based interviewing, something you're an expert in. Uh, share with us basically what that means and what your recommendations are surrounding that. Yeah, and Brad, before I do that, I just want to compliment you uh, on the work that you've done and what you do with your clients. And it's very impressive and you're making a difference. And I just wanted to comment on that before I talked about behavior-based interviewing. Thank the you. The world needs more people like you, Brad. <laughs> Thank you, Gene. I appreciate it. Uh, and I think, you know, for your audience, Behavior-based interviewing is a concept that's been out now for almost 25 years. And a lot of companies use this format. And even if you're interviewing for a position with a company that doesn't, if you prepare for a behavior-based interview, that will carry over extremely well into any type of interview that you might conduct or you might be part of, okay? So what is behavior-based interviewing? So it started with, uh, a lot of PhD, industrial organizational psychologists, they were reacting to the marketplace where companies and executives were saying that probably one of the things that kept them up at night more than anything else was making poor hiring decisions. And when they really got interviewed on, on the decisions they were making, you know, the cost of a, of a bad hire, you know, can be tremendous for a firm, right? So they wanted to find a more factual way to make better hiring decisions. A lot of them admitted that a lot of their decisions in the interviewing process was based on a gut feeling, right? Okay. It was based on, hey, I like this person. This person has connected with me. Uh, they built rapport. And what all the research done by the, I the IELTS psychologist came up with is that if you really wanna have the best opportunity that make a successful hire, hire a candidate that will stay with your firm for a long period of time. You have to upfront identify the skills, some people call them dimensions, 
qualifications that are necessary to be successful in the position you're trying to fill. Because Brad, what the research showed is that if you are hiring someone and you need certain, there's certain qualifications and experience that's necessary to be successful in the role, that if someone has never demonstrated success in that before, in a previous role, the chances of them being successful for the first time with you in that skill are minimal. However, if they have demonstrated proficiency in that skill in a previous role, the chances of them duplicating that for you is extremely high. Understood. So the best way to approach it is identify the skills or qualifications that you need someone to possess in this role, and then to ask very specific questions to see if the candidate has demonstrated proficiency in that skill previously in a role. Okay, so that's the whole premise behind it, right? Gotcha. Now, so what the company will do is the company will assign an interviewing team. It's normally three, it could be as high as five people. And those in the interviewing team will not discuss their individual interviews with the candidate before the end of the process. And after all the interviews have been conducted, they will schedule a debriefing session. And then each one will go in and each one of the interviewers were they were interviewing and trying to assess certain skills. Now, the skills could be general, like teamwork, communication skills, initiative, work ethic. How do you deal with a, you know, a difficult client? How do you deal with a difficult coworker? Or it could be more specific. I, I need this particular software skill, okay? But each one of the interviewers will interview and then they're going to score that candidate. And they're gonna score that candidate based on their proficiency and demonstrating proficiency in that skill previously, usually anywhere from zero to five being the highest, okay? Now, you don't need to get all fives to get hired, but usually, it's a three or above, but if it's below a three, then there's going to be follow-up, you know, after that, you know, debrief. Sure. Uh, but each one of the, each one of the interviewers are going into that debrief session, having already scored the candidate on the skills necessary. Okay. And then they discuss the questions they asked and the answers and why they gave them a four or a five or a three or a zero. Okay. okay. All right. So how do you prepare for it? Okay, so how do you prepare for a behavior-based interview? Well, first thing is maybe you look at the job description and maybe you have to identify what are the skills that you think this company is looking for? What are they going to be really probing for in the interview? Okay, okay. so you identify that. Then you go back and you try to come up with specific experiences you had previously in a role that could demonstrate in the interview proficiency in that particular skill. Okay, so let me give you an idea. They're gonna ask a series of questions. And usually you can tell a behavior-based interview because upfront the interview is gonna introduce themselves and tell you we're going to be interviewing around specific skills. Okay. That, that you might've demonstrated previously, okay? 
and we're gonna ask you a series of questions, okay? So then normally they're gonna ask a question like so. Can you, can you give me an example of when you, sure. was there ever a time when you experienced this? Can you explain exactly your role in solving that issue, right? Sure. So before I give you a more specific example, there's a number of companies that will train on behavior-based interviewing. One of them was a client of mine for years, a company out of Pittsburgh called DDI, Development Dimensions International. I don't know if you ever heard about them, Brad, but they, they had a whole response where they would recommend that if someone asks you a behavior-based question, think of the word star, S-T-A-R. Okay. And the S stands for situation. The T stands for task. The A stands for the action that you took. And the R in star stands for based on the situation, the task and the action you took, the result. Sure. Situation, task, action, result. Okay. So let me give you an example. So they might say to you, can, was there ever a time that you dealt with a very difficult customer? Okay. Right. And how did, how did you deal with that? So let's, let's take that. This situation. I had a client that ordered a custom product. Okay. The custom products took five to six weeks to come because they were custom built. They were very... They wanted to get it faster than those five to six weeks. They kept calling me and asking, is there anything you can do? I took it upon myself to call the plant, to make the plant very aware of the client's needs. And if there's any way that they could possibly get it faster than five or six weeks, we'd really be servicing the client. Okay. They told me initially, I'm sorry, they take five to six weeks. I kept calling every couple of days to check in, where's the process? I would email the client every couple of days, explaining to them what I did and the conversation that I had. The result was that the product actually came in in four weeks. Normally, I would never even have been notified but the plant knew that I was calling them and there was a real need. They reached out to me and said, the custom product arrived today. I then took that and was able to find a delivery service that would get it to my client in two days. The result was that they got it in four weeks and two days versus the five to six weeks. My client was ecstatic and the client has gone on to be one of our biggest customers. So Brad, look at it. Situation, yep. situation and task is combined, the action that you took and the result. Right? I see that. One question I have for you just sure. briefly, when you talked about looking at the job description to get an idea of what type of skills that they're looking for, um, would you also recommend looking at the company's website or social media or Googling? Sure. Is that too much information or do you think no. that's helpful? 
No, what I would recommend is upfront, you Google, does the XYZ company use behavior-based interviewing? And if it okay. does, you may get you may get some examples of some of the questions they ask. But I, I would recommend to your audience, Brad, that there's certain there's certain skills that are necessary in every position, right? Collaboration, teamwork, communication skills, uh, dealing with conflict, right? Yes. An initiative, yes. right? Sure. Organizational skills. Right to go back and identify those things and make sure you have some really good examples of that. Right now, here's what I want to tell you: where candidates go a little astray in a behavior-based interview. Okay. okay, they may be asked the question that they cannot think of an experience they had to show. So some of the candidates will go on and try to wing it. I recommend, instead of doing that, to simply say, that's a great question. Can I come back to that? I want to think about it and give you an appropriate answer. What happens is the interviewer will go on to the next question, and hopefully by the end, you might have thought of something. Okay? Okay. The other thing that happens, Brad, is when they're doing a behavior-based interview, they are looking specifically for your involvement. A lot of candidates, just because of, of, of where they come from and the culture of the company and their experience, they talk like, we did this, we did that. In a behavior-based interview, the interview wants to know specifically your involvement, okay? okay? Your involvement, what you specifically did. The last thing is sometimes they can't think of an answer and maybe they try to make one up. I wouldn't recommend that. I would say, you know, I really don't have an appropriate answer. And then the interviewer will go on, he'll have a backup behavior-based question around that skill that he'll ask a different way that might prompt you to think of something, okay? Okay. So those are the things that I would strongly recommend. Now. Here's the thing you have to realize in a behavior-based interview, you're going to be one of a number of candidates they're interviewing. Sure. Usually three to five, okay, at least. So you just gotta, you know, do the best you can and prepare the best you can. But let me, you know, even if it's not a behavior-based interview, and you take the time to specifically think about two examples from your work history that shows your ability to be a good teammate right? And right. be collaborative. It's going to help you if you get a question like that. Okay. It's going to help you. Right. Right. So it's it just, it's a powerful way to prepare for it. It's uh, if you've never been through it and you didn't prepare, it can really throw you off. It can really throw you off because they're going to come back. Yeah. One of you the know? things we try to coach our, our participants in is the art of storytelling. And like you've talked about, really creating those stories in advance. And we typically coach, you know, have a beginning, a middle, and an end, use a lot of detail, the person's name, what day it was, you know, make it believable. But I believe that your STAR acronym is another great way to craft that story. What are your thoughts on, you know, the importance of storytelling in this type of uh, interview process? I think it would translate extremely well. 
You know, it, it would transfer extremely well, Brad. And, you know, in talking about the story, and as long as when it's over, the interviewer has a real understanding of the situation, the task at hand, the action that you personally took and the result of that action, okay? Then Got you've it. been really successful. Excellent. And results are definitely something we want to focus on. I tell people all the time, it's not what you did, it's how well you did it. Um, exactly. So really focusing on those results. Now, I know you're very passionate about helping people. I know you're very passionate in your community. If you have a moment, I'd love for you to talk about your book, Grad to Grown Up. What was the inspiration? And uh, what will people find in that book that will be helpful to them? Grad to Grown Up, Brad, is 68 tips on everything having to do with life, to job search, to career, to health and relationships, and personal finance. Things that in my career that I've, uh, that all the mistakes I've made, Brad, all the, all the things I've totally screwed up <laughs> and I wish I knew when I was a little bit younger. It gives people a roadmap. It gives them a roadmap if they really want to, you know, in my own search career, I think I told you this, and uh, having placed so many candidates, the ones that were most valuable to my clients were the ones that really had purpose in what they were doing, that really enjoyed, that was passionate about the role that they were playing. Sure. And I see so often with young people and more senior people, how people just wake up in the morning and go to a job. Right. I think one of the goals of life should be to wake up in the morning and go to something you love. And I think one of the goals should be is if you can find something that you sincerely love doing, and then you figure out a way to create a, uh, a, a career doing that every day. You wake up in the morning healthier. My experience has been your health is better. Your personal relationships are better. You look at the glass not as half full. Maybe the glass can be overflowing. And I want, to, I, I want people to experience that. I think I shared with you, there was a survey I, I read recently. You 2,000 male executives. 81%, and these were successful people, 81% of them said, Brad, they didn't have job satisfaction in what they did every day. Wow. And I think that is, you know, I, I want people to, you know, I want them to pursue. I want them to pursue their passions, especially as a parent or grandparent, be a young person. So this book will take them through a roadmap on how, how a lot of them say, I'm passionate about this, but I have no idea, you know, how to get a job. Never mind an interview, you know? Right. And this book takes them through a roadmap on how to do that. It also takes them through a roadmap on my own, uh, the personal finance. You know, I, I came from a very blue collar family, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, through my personal finance and how I look at uh, money and stocks and investing. I mean, I'm told now I'm in the top 1% of net worth people in America. And I share some of the simple things I did and the lessons I learned, you know? I give people a very simple formula. If you have a 401k and there's a company match, I'm going to give you a formula that's, that's proven that in 30 years you can retire with three and a half million dollars. And I outline that for them, you know? Great. I talk about all the issues having to do with uh, credit scores and how, how do you fix it, you know? And how do you even establish credit yourself and, sure. and college loans, you know? Uh, you know, there's $1.4 trillion of college loans in our country. The book goes into maybe some ways around that, that, that you know, 
that, that, that you can avoid some of that, you know, debt. Uh, but it goes into my marriage. It goes into, you know, 38 years marriage and my kids and things I've learned. And, you know, uh, there's a chapter in the book, which uh, I think is really important for people that are getting married and new in a relationship about leave your baggage behind, Brad. You know, like, you know, most of us, you know, you know, we come into a relationship and we bring baggage from the way we were raised, you know? Sure. But first of all, you have to identify what that baggage is. And then if you can leave it behind, it's better for the next generation. So the book is 68 tips, everything from establishing your foundation to your career, how to get the job. It breaks them through a five-step interviewing process that will help them. I, I, I want everyone, uh, so another life skill that the colleges aren't teaching their kids is I want everyone to be an A-plus interviewer, Brad. And that's what you help your candidates with. Right. Now, why is it so important if, if being an A-plus interviewer? You know why? It helps you get a better job that pays you more. And when you find the job you really want and you're competing with other people, the person who's the A-plus interviewer is going to be offered the job. So Absolutely. this walks them through how to do that and how to make themselves an A-plus interviewer based on my 30 years in executive search. Wonderful. So, now, I know the book's website is gradtogrownup.com. Can yeah. they purchase the book there or is there a better way to purchase the book? You can go right up. You can go right on that website, gradtogrownup, G-R-A-D-T-O, grownup.com. You can buy it from Amazon right now. You can, you can go to Barnes and Noble. You can, there's a bunch of different ways to buy it, but you can go to the website. You can Google it. Simon & Schuster is distributing it. And I, like I told you, Brad, like yourself, I believe so much in giving back. And my purpose is any financial rewards I get from this book. So everyone who buys a book, any financial rewards I get goes directly to the charity, Plan a Seed, uh, Inspire a Dream that helps young people that have, who comes from families having a hard time financially pursue their passions. And we've helped over 800 kids do that. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Gene, I appreciate your time and expertise. Um, I think the STAR acronym is highly valuable to those that are listening and, and participating in our podcast. And of course, your experience and advice on behavioral-based interviewing uh, will be absolutely valued and appreciated. Um, I encourage everyone to uh, buy the book, Grad to Grown Up, 68 Tips to Excel in Your Personal and Professional Life. You can learn a lot about Gene and uh, really rejoice in his successes um, even in some shortcomings, he's going to tell you about them, all for you to be better, all for you to enjoy life. And one thing, Gene, I think you said that I'm a big believer in, you got to do what you love. Um, and that's where you have the most success, the most compensation, the better retention, you stay with it longer, which for us and our participants is really key. We don't want to put them in a job just to work. We want to put them in a terrific career that's a great fit and they can love and grow passionately with over time. So that's really what we hope to achieve and are lucky enough to achieve that with the, our participants. Brad, the work you're doing, you know, needs to be recognized and complimented. And, and if your audience has any questions for me, they can, they can send me an email just to Gene Rice RCI at gmail.com and I'll be happy to respond to them. If I can help in any way, 
I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I really respect the work that you're doing. Thank you, Gene. Thank you so much for your contributions today, for your generosity and time. Um, this is Brad Lebowski. This has been the Career Mentor Podcast um, with Hunger for Success. Thank you for listening, and we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you again, Gene. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Brad. Take care now, my friend. Okay. This has been the Career Mentor Podcast, intellectual property of hunger for success. All rights reserved.